Hey friends, playing to win instead of playing not to lose. That's the topic we're going to dig into for today's episode. Playing to win and the incredible effect that tiny little mental shift can have on whatever it is you're working towards achieving. And with that mentality, by the way, your journey in both personal and professional life will be way more enjoyable. And that's super important. I mean, think about how much time we spend on the journey part of things. It's most of the time, right? (laughs) And with this little mental shift, you will also be more innovative, creative, and more motivated. Welcome to today's episode of the Best You Can Be Leadership Podcast, where we offer bite-sized lessons and steps that you can implement as a part of your journey towards becoming the very best that you can be. This is your podcast host, Brigitte Bornstein, and just so you know, for planning purposes, we release a new episode the first and third Tuesday of every month with some amazing guests. Thank you so much for joining me for today's discussion. I hope you'll return my handshake to you. You can do that through becoming a part of this community on Instagram, my website, bestyoucanbe.com, or by subscribing and leaving helpful comments. First, I actually want to share a small story. It is the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, and we are in the stands surrounding the track, watching the middle of the track where all of the track and field events take place. Specifically, we have our eyes on long jump right now. So if you've never seen long jump, it's this long straightaway where you can run, 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 and then you jump into a sand pit. And you have to jump before a certain line on the runway because they then measure the distance between that starting line, if you will, and the point at which your feet hit the sand to see how long of a jump you made. And then, of course, the person with the longest jump wins. (laughs) And also, if you've never gotten super duper into the Olympics, it's really tough competition. So in order to whittle down the amount of athletes competing, you first have to qualify for finals. And that's where our story starts. We are watching the semifinals, you could call it, in the Olympic long jump in 1968. Long time ago. Bob Beeman is one of the athletes competing, and he's really young. Thankfully for him, he's competing alongside a slightly older U.S. teammate and mentor of his, Ralph Boston. But Beeman is just 22 years old, and it's already miraculous that he is here on this world stage considering the rocky road he had to take to get here. Beeman was born in Queens, New York, actually, and his childhood is very much surrounded by drugs and violence and gang life, and he was rarely at school. Eventually, however, he became aware of his incredible gift of jumping and athleticism, and starting to work on developing that actually is what helped him turn his life around and eventually make it to college to compete, and he just crushed his competition. He was so good. But so here he is, in front of all of us, watching the qualifying rounds at the Mexico City Olympics, and remember how I described the long jump pit, right? So... It's this long, straight track going right into a big rectangular pit of sand, and there is a clearly defined line in that track. If you jump after that line, the jump is thrown out. It's a DQ. It doesn't count. If you jump before the line, it counts. 
but you really want to jump as close to right before that line as possible so you aren't shortening the potential jump measurement because that's what helps you win. The longest jump wins. So Beeman runs crazy fast. He's got super long legs and just makes it look effortless, but he takes off for this jump after the line. DQ'd. Fortunately for him, you're given three chances to make a jump. So he lines up for his second jump, gets all warmed up again, and same thing. His toes go just over the line. And you know what that means. DQ again. He only has one more chance to jump. And this is just the qualifying round. So let's put ourselves in his shoes for a second. He's under a lot of pressure. I mean, it's the Olympics. Hello. (laughs) And he's probably nervous. And he knows that if he fouls one more time, he's going home. No medal, no nothing, just failure. And I feel like this is where many of us can actually relate. We can relate to the pressure. We can relate to having a goal and thinking to ourselves, okay, I really, really cannot afford to screw this up. I can't mess up. I have to do well or else I'll lose everything I've worked so hard for. And that, my friend, is playing not to lose. So there's a distinction. We can play to win or we can listen to the fear-filled voices between our two ears and play not to lose. Fortunately for Beeman, he has that mentor who happens to be a teammate competing as well. So side note, incredible sportsmanship. Ralph Boston goes up to Beeman and he says, hey man, I know you've only got one more shot. You know you cannot mess this up, but forget about all that fear, forget about the anxiety, forget about the pressure or the fact that you're at the Olympics and you just messed up twice. Take off early. Take off early. In other words, believe in yourself enough to assume a little risk. Play to win. Stop listening to the pressure and the fear of failure. And he does. Beeman is on his third and last attempt to make it to the long jump finals, and he runs, 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 and well before the line, the line that you can't go over, he jumps way into the air and qualifies. It was a little anticlimactic because his jump really wasn't earth-shattering or anything, but he made it, and now he gets to compete in finals. And I know this might be a little bit confusing, so I'm using this as an example of playing to win and not playing out of fear or just not to lose, but this is the Olympics. Your margin of error is like an inch, if that, (laughs) right? So the athletes are so good that the difference in skill and jump length is hardly anything. So for Beeman to take off early... To forfeit all that distance between the point at which he launched into his jump and the starting line was a pretty faith-filled distance. Remember, they don't measure from your jumping off point. They measure from that line in the track. So by taking Ralph Boston's advice to take off early, he had to just shrug off all the anxious thoughts of, this might be my last chance, I could lose everything I've worked so hard for, Or maybe even just the thoughts of beating himself up inside. And he had to decide, okay, I'm going to believe I am so good that I can afford to take off early. I'm playing to win. I can take a risk. I've got this. And he did. Like I said, very anticlimactic jump, but it doesn't end there. Now, 
were at finals. And to wrap this up, Beeman literally shattered the record. He jumped so far in finals that their electronic, high-tech-for-the-time measuring machine couldn't even go that far, and they had to break out the good old measuring tape and measure by hand his jump. It actually took them 20 minutes to do so because the officials were in such disbelief by his jump that they measured and remeasured and checked, but finally they declared his jump at 8.9 meters, which if you can wrap your head around it, is just over 29 feet. So yes, that's incredible. And he held that record for a really long time. But I'd like to focus more on this idea of getting fear out of our way and of playing to win instead of letting pressure make us succumb to simply playing not to lose with the point being that when we can do that, when we can develop that positivity on our mindset as leaders, we will all enjoy our journey so much more and maybe break some records even if it's just surprising ourselves with the goals we reach. Hey, you guys, I'm just going to quickly hit the pause button on this to just say thank you to everybody who has left a star rating and a comment review for the podcast. It truly makes such a significant impact on expanding our ability to reach more young women and encourage them in their confidence, their leadership, their personal journeys. So it truly means the world to me. Each and every review, I love it and I'm so thankful. And if you haven't gotten the chance to do that yet, this is just your friendly reminder that it is something that I would be so grateful from the very bottom of my heart. That is not an understatement. And let's keep going. I actually feel like I can personally relate to Beeman's story. Not so much to the world record long jumping and crazy athleticism, but to the difference made from a simple mental shift away from fear and towards faith and growth. My mission statement with this podcast is to inspire confidence through leadership and wellness. Most of the podcast is pretty leadership heavy, although we have woven in some wellness with guests and things like that, but mostly my confidence inspired through wellness part of the mission is pursued through a direct sales business. I really genuinely love it, and it's actually taught me this lesson, believe it or not. So just like any business, there's growth, and where there is growth, there are usually some goals that precede the growth whether it's to new levels or to a promotion or things like that. And I was at a level or I had gotten a promotion, so to speak, that I was barely hanging on to, actually. I was in this crazy busy season of life. I had surgery. I had moved all sorts of big life things and my business took a small toll. So instead of building my business to grow and reach more people and change more lives, my mindset had actually turned to focus more on, I just need to maintain. If I can just hang on, if I can just not lose this title, if I can just make it at this level for one more month. I hope you can see the difference between these two thought processes because they are just night and day. And eventually I did lose that title level, promotion became a demotion, and I was devastated. But fortunately only for a split second because... I very quickly realized, oh, I was playing just not to lose. I was on the defensive instead of on the positivity-filled offensive. 
And now I'm so much happier. The freedom I feel is unparalleled. And the genuine love I have for what I do on the wellness side of things has been totally restored and then some. Why? Because I'm in it for the growth and for the lives I'll get to change along the way and not just to lose something. So I'd like to ask you to pause and think about some of this and see if there are any areas in your life where you're playing not to lose. And you're going into things with a defensive mindset. This can be in anything. It doesn't have to just be confined to your professional life because you all know I am a huge proponent of mixing and mingling our personal and professional lives when we do exercises like this because the reality is that our personal and professional lives are one and the same anyway. So it's all your life, your leadership, your journey, all that jazz. So see if something comes to mind and then just ponder if maybe things would be more enjoyable or you would feel more motivated to go out and put in the work and the extra effort with a mindset shift focused on growing and not just trying to maintain. This is a tricky thing to look into because fear is written all over this issue. For a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot, it comes down to a fear of failure in some way, shape, or form when they are playing it safe mentally. But if you can simply play, work, and serve like you have nothing to lose, that will create for you the journey and it will open up new opportunities and new doors for yourself that you wouldn't have ever seen previously. Why? Because if you instead play like you have everything to lose and like, well, this is my last opportunity to compete in the long jump qualifiers and if I mess this up, it's all over. Everything's done. If you play like you have everything to lose like that, you will mentally play things safe. You won't take any risks and you won't put yourself out there like you should. And on that note, actually, this mentality shift to growth and having nothing to lose also creates two other very important things. We just mentioned how it will open new doors for you opportunity-wise because you'll be naturally more adventurous and want to put yourself out there to attract those opportunities, but also increased creativity and innovation will follow suit and so will your motivation. The ideas for your business will just flow more naturally. That creative part of your brain will be flourishing with that extra breathing room and the less stress that you're putting on it. And who doesn't want to be more naturally, more innovative? I mean, I feel like that's kind of a dream for most of us. I know it definitely is for me. But here, here's another way to kind of picture this in your head. What if you walked around a big city and you literally looked down at your feet the entire time? You only watched where you were stepping. You'd miss the signs, the walking paths, the skyscrapers, the clouds, the people, the historical sites to see, you would miss practically everything worth seeing because you were too here and now focused and not broad in your perspective to see so much bigger than just two feet in front of you. That's a little bit how I feel personally shifting my mentality away from playing not to lose and towards playing to win and to grow and to be ready for anything bigger that's in store for me. And that's exactly what I want for you too. To wrap all of this up, take off early. When Beeman was scared probably of being sent home without even having the chance to compete, his teammate said, hey, you've got this. Forget about the two foul jumps and just take off early. 
Do it and trust that your jump will be long enough to get you qualified for finals. And of course, we know it was. Tell that fear of failure to be quiet and look at things from more abundant eyes. Get excited for the creativity, the innovation, and the motivation to follow. And get excited for a much more enjoyable and impactful journey. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and for taking the time to pour into your leadership. As always, our world needs more good leadership and we definitely need yours. Thanks so much for joining me on the Best You Can Be Leadership Podcast. If you are as excited as I am about diving into our potential and stepping into the very best versions of ourselves, then follow me on Instagram at bestyoucanbe and don't be afraid to send me a message. You can also visit bestyoucanbe.com and fill out a contact me form. I can't wait to meet you. In this episode, I've stuck my hand out to introduce myself to you, but go ahead and do the same for me. Tell me who you are, what your story is, and what you would like to see most in lessons to apply to your leadership experiences. Until next episode, keep going, keep growing, and keep becoming the best you can be.